Awesome. Thank you, Julian, again. Well, hello, everybody. Just in case I missed you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community, and today we are beginning a brand new series called Branded, and we are going to be talking about work. We're going to talk about work that you do, right, and how it impacts your life. And maybe in your job, you feel like you've been branded imprinted, like this is how it's going to be and this is the pursuit for you or whatever it would be, but you've got something that's been imprinted, branded on you for life. I don't know, but maybe that is how you feel. Work is so important for us and few other pursuits in our life have the ability to impact us the way that work does. It impacts, you know, your days, your nights, and then it spills over into your life. It impacts where you live and then your relationships. You spend so much of your life building up to when you work. It is an all-consuming thing. And so in this series, our goal is to begin to redefine a little bit what work is. And so over the next three weeks leading up to Easter, we are going to look at the story of work, the story of God through work, I should say, and then critical principles that affect you. And this is no matter where you may be on the work spectrum, whether you are entry level uh, you're just finishing school or you are kind of, you're running a, a team or organization or you're somewhere in the middle of that. These are principles that will impact every single one of us. And so this is three-week series, and today I'm going to lay a foundation, talk about some important principles, some simple principles that are important for all of this. I'm going to let, lay a foundation, and then next week, we're going to get very practical in how we begin to see and live this out. And this is huge. You do not want to miss next week. I believe it's such important things for us to talk about. It's going to help you understand where you are and give you tools to engage your life, no matter what the circumstance may be. And it will also impact your future purposes. And then on the third week, we're going to take steps then to apply this and help us live this out in faith. So here we go. We're going to jump into Branded. When it comes to work, what do you do? What do you do if you have a low-paying job and you're not making much money and you're living in a high-priced city? You know, the cost of living is really high. How do you engage God with it? How do you make life work when, when that is your thing? Maybe you, you know, uh, you've got like a lot of college debt, you know, there's other, you know, bills that just kind of naturally come with you, and so that creates stress for you. Maybe you have young kids or, you know, something along that along with you. What do you do? What do you do if you have a job maybe that's, that isn't fulfilling, and it, maybe it feels like it's dragging you down, but you can't just quit? How do you engage a situation like that? Or maybe you finally found a job. It's, it's in the city. It's, 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 it's created purpose for you. It's in the industry that you wanted to be in, even if it's entry level and it's beginning to pay you something better than you've had before. It's, it's what you wanted, but then what came with it were really long hours and higher expectations or maybe unreal expectations. 
How do you engage that situation? How do you find breathing room? I mean, maybe you've hit the sweet spot, right? You finally found a great career for you. You're at a position in a place that you've been working for for years, but then it's, it's challenging you in ways you never thought. And so you now have bigger emotional toil. Maybe there's people that you are leading and there's dynamics that you weren't expecting to have in your life. And, and so growth for you, you found in this place is is maybe the hardest it's ever been, but it's also rewarding. How do you grow when it's like this? Actually, what's interesting about all those questions, these are places that I've actually walked through in some capacity in my work story. This is just part of it. Every one of us has a work story that's long, depending on when you started to work. That's multifaceted. And your journey, depending on a pandemic or a, a financial market crash or a company standing, just can send you like this. What about for you? Maybe for you, you, would, you you're in, in a bucket that you would say, work doesn't feel purposeful for me. It just feels like a paycheck. And so you ask, how can I move forward in life? How do I engage that? Maybe today you have a high-powered job, high expectations, but you love it. You love to work hard. You love to achieve. But you know that everything that comes with that is just time for you is gone. <laughs> and, and, and it's all you feel like you do. You enjoy it, but you also long for that rest and you feel like you've kind of had a loss of boundaries as you just engaged it more and more how do you find balance there maybe for you and your job you you are someone who you've reached a pretty high level and you're responsible for lots of people and you're on a high energy team and you lead other teams or teams of people and so for you, you've got a lot of pressure. And for you to take time and, and to find time for yourself possibly means that somebody is left hanging on something and, and there's all these different pressures. Maybe for you, you finally got control. You're in a place where you can actually set your own schedule. You can dictate what you do, but then you found that that pressure actually created more work. And you can't stop. The, the good that you find, the things that are good, whether it's a paycheck or position or you're feeling useful, you've hit your giftedness with your career, there's always something that comes with it that you have to learn how to navigate. And maybe for you, maybe you would say, I'm really actually in a toxic work environment and it's just overwhelming me and I feel like a slave. There's all these things and guess what? As I know you, DCC, as I engage life with you, talk with you, pray with you, this is our church. All of these descriptions is describing somebody in some way. So I want us to look at how God has given work to us. And I want to help navigate us to begin to take steps towards change, towards the things that we pray 
forward. I believe God wants to use these principles to change us, but to also impact others. That's a big part of this that we many times miss, is that as Christ followers, God has placed us so uniquely in places that he wants us to engage and influence culture, not the other way around. And you have friends, co-workers, your own self. You long for this wisdom that we rarely see. So I'm going to walk us through pretty typical three things today, all right? Three things that are going to begin to give us a foundation for this series. Okay, you ready? Here's the first one. Work was given to us as a gift. It was a good thing. Work was given to us for, for good. Like it was a gift. God created it for us before everything in the world got messed up. If you remember in our last series, we talked about the story of God, and it is so directly related to work that we have creation, that God created the world to be in, in peace and in justice. The world that you and I are longing to see right now, when we look at our country or our cities and the divisions that we have, there are things that we wish our world would be right now. God created the world to be like that. But then we messed it up. We call this the fall. We turned back our backs on God, on life and love, and it messed everything up. It's what the Bible says is sin, and it's broken us, and it also broke work. God created work before things were messed up. Did you know that? That seems crazy because all we've known it to be is messed up. <laughs> now listen to this. This is Genesis 2.15. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. Work it. Yeah, okay, there we go. That's, I, I won't keep going with it. Anyway, to work it and to take care of it. From the beginning, <laughs> from the beginning, we had work. And it was good. It was purposeful. Maybe that's a new thing for you. How crazy is that? God gave us work before we messed things up. But because of the fall, because of the fall, toil came into work. Toil came into work. Listen to this. Genesis 3, 17 cursed is the ground because of you. This is after sin. This is after we walked away from God. It says, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken. For dust you are and dust you will return. Wow, that escalated quickly. We go from this perfect environment to painful toil. So just in the fall 
in, the, in our sin and our turning our backs on God brought brokenness into the world. And it, it brought brokenness to work. Sin affects everything. It affects actual creation. It affects the earth. It affects our hearts. It also affected work. So remember, that's why Christ comes. It's why we sing about him. It's why we celebrate him because he came to redeem us and he's promised to restore us as well and to restore it all one day. And we are on that path of restoration now. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about all this. Is that there's purpose in both of these. There's purpose in work, in the goodness of work that God created, and there's purpose in the toil. God, if you read this, you know, God gave us good work, work and peace, but he also gave us toil. Any good parent knows that the loving thing to do for your child is to discipline them. There are things that I, I tell my kids and, and there are things that they get restricted from because it, it brings them away from danger and from pain. And it's painful for them when I say the words no. It's really hard for parents to say nowadays the word no. It, it, it's painful for them, but I know that it's the best thing for them and it will lead them to joy because it's walking them away from danger there's purpose in toil as well it doesn't mean that this gives people right to exploit others that's not what it's that's not what that means at all certainly not no way but there's purpose in both so how do we work? How do we work through this? How do we work through the duality of the good of work and the toil and also the messed up part of work where the brokenness of others impact you and me? So here's what I want to do today. I want to introduce to you a pivotal couple of verses that we have in the scriptures that I believe has the ability to transform Everything you do around work. And I want to start us off by reading from Colossians 3.17. And this is the key verse for this entire series. This is our key verse that we're going to hone in on. Here's what it says. It says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You say, you mean like what, whatever you do? Yeah, whatever you do in work. You mean like when my boss has me do these errands for him that I have really nothing to do with the work and it's super questionable, but I can't say anything because I'm the lowest in the totem pole and like I, I feel like I'm doing something that's not fully right, but I've got to like do that, like whatever you do. Yeah, whatever you do, whether in word or in, in the name of the Lord Jesus and Give thanks to God for it. Oh, okay. Wow. This is a transformational verse. See, work was given to us for good. But here's the second thing that's so critical for you to know is that God brings purpose to all circumstances. 
And this is one of the, re- the things that's so amazing and beautiful about God, including the broken circumstances. For those who love Jesus and are called according to his purposes, he wants to work purpose into all circumstances. And it does not mean that he will take it all away, that he will change your circumstance. Because that's usually what our request is to God. We'll get to that. He says in Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then he begins to talk about different ways you can do this. He talks about how to do this in a marriage relationships. And then in their context and time, he began to talk about what work would have been for them. So just a couple of verses later, and this is a crazy context to consider. Whatever your whatever is, listen to what theirs was. He says this, verse 22, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eyes on you to curry their favor, like, you know, they're watching, you're like, oh, I'm rubbing this thing really. Like, right? He says, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, when they're not looking is what he's saying, right? He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, as working for God, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Man, that's huge. That's a massive statement. Our focus is on Christ. Anyone who does wrong will be, will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. If you're with us in the series before this, we called Lifted. We talked about how this is why you want a God, a, a worthy, holy God who judges, because it means that he will make things right. He's like, you trust that to God, and you focus on him. And then he says this. He says, masters, provide for your slaves. Provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Now there's some context here that's, that's just really interesting. One is, in their church, they were masters and slaves. Now it's so interesting, like this, in, in, in the, in, this is in the Roman world, in the empires at, its, at its, you know, one of its most dominant times. It was it's obviously dominant for a while. But the slave culture within the Roman Empire it was very diverse, but like how it was executed out, but it was, it was just pervasive. It was everywhere. It was just kind of part of what they did. It did not make it right. And they certain, this, by, by saying these things, they're not saying, hey, this is okay. That's not what this is doing at all. That's not what scriptures show us. But how beautiful is it that they were worshiping together in unity towards the same purpose? I think that's amazing. And you saw this in several different churches. In the letter that Paul wrote to this church in Colossae, this is what we call it the book of Colossians, but it's really a letter to this church. But the same instructions are sent to this church in Ephesus in a book that we call Ephesians. And the other thing that's so interesting that we see in the scriptures and that we know through history is that Paul didn't lead a slave revolt. 
He wasn't gathering everybody together and saying, now with slavery. That's a very good thing to pursue. And that eventually did happen. What did he focus them on? He's like, I can't change your circumstances. But we can change you. How you engage the circumstances. When we look at the instructions on work in the scriptures, it's not to change your circumstances. They're to change how you respond to the circumstances. Today, I know, many times when I hear your story, I wish I could, but I cannot change your circumstances. I can guide you and point you to principles, point you and me to wisdom that allow us to engage this. And this is how God pursues us. And what's so fascinating is we look at, as a Christian church, this small group of people, even when Robe tried to persecute them out for hundreds of years, it actually grew exponentially. And they did eventually overthrow things in such a way that Rome became a Christian nation, unbelievably, and, and slavery could stop. How they loved one another, how they changed how they were. It changed the world around them in massive ways. How they loved. These words that Paul gave them and to us were so incredibly, radically different from the culture in their time. And this is part of the purpose of work that God wants to use you to engage. Maybe you say, I'm in a great job, and then the leadership changed, and you have a terrible boss, and so you go to God, and you're like, God, I need to leave. <laughs> I need to go. Like, I've I got to get out of this situation. And, and sometimes that is the case, but sometimes you can't change that. What do you do? Well, whatever you do, pursue God. You've got to think about that. Maybe you had a great interview and they said, yeah, you're going to get evenings off and you're going to be able to leave at this certain time. You just show up early, you're good. And then it was a bait and switch and you got there. Nobody left. And if you did, you'd be the only one. And you're like, this is a total lie. And like, how do you engage that? Whatever you do, do it for God and be thankful. That leads us to the third thing is that God's pursuit of you is about your heart, not your job. Your job is important, and he cares about these details of your life. But his pursuit of you is about your heart, who you are becoming, and how you engage the challenges and the culture around you. thing about God's story is it's still happening and that's what's beautiful he is pursuing you he's calling you 
to follow him. And this is the greatest invitation. It's an invitation towards significant, no matter who you are or what you've done. It's why Christ came. The message of Jesus changes our lives because it's true. We can trust his message, his leading of us, because we know it's true. I've shared this story before, but I came on staff at a church, and I've been, on, I've been working in churches for several years up until that point, not, not this church, but one previous to this, and my engaging level with them, the goal was to eventually start a church, uh, which happened in, through God's story, but my starting point with them was intern. I wanted them to at least call me an apprentice because I, I was like, man, I've been working for a while. Like, I should at least have that status. And like, no, no, you were intern. And I was, I was straight up intern status. And what I did, what they asked me to do, and I was a little prideful, just to be honest. And I remember being in the, we had a cramped office, which is pretty typical for this area, but um, nobody cleaned the bathroom. And I say nobody, nobody ever cleaned the bathroom. And I remember being there, I was like, somebody needs to clean the bathroom. Who does this? Who's the assistant for this? And I was like, oh, I'm the intern. <laughs> it's me. And that's when I began to engage with circumstance differently. And I was like, all right. I'm going to clean this bathroom. That's my job. Nobody said it was supposed to do. It was not on my list. I was, but I was like, that's what we should do. And I began to serve. I began to serve God. I told nobody that I did it. And it changed my attitude. And I was like, this is exactly where I need to be. I'm here to serve God and love Him. And it changed my outlook. I began to experience the joy of work and set aside status. Status is for God to decide, not me. This week, I want to challenge you to begin to think about Colossians 3.17 and how you can take steps to, to do this in your work. This week, what is your circumstance? Whatever circumstance it is for you, you know what it is. The challenge, that one part of your job, you're like, if I could just, this person, if they could just leave, if they would somehow get in, like if that would be the best thing that ever happened to you, like whatever, there's a circumstance in your life. What is it? And how, in that circumstance, can you give God glory and thank Him for it? Let's begin to experience purpose and work. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this incredible passage of Scripture that I believe is life-changing. I pray for faith this week to trust you in this. And I pray that as we experience this, that you would use us in Jersey City and in New York to be culture changers. We thank you for your work and your pursuit of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.